I know that you sit on the throne of your former employer. And Fortuna was not my employer. It was Jabba the Hutt's throne. Yes, and now it is mine. And I will take this payment as what you should have brought me as tribute. I've been waiting for you, Obi-Wan. We meet again at last. This is Waiting for Obi, a Star Wars podcast. Well, I hope it doesn't take too long. I have work to do. Join us as we explore the stories told in a galaxy far, far away, providing narrative context and reactions to Star Wars on Disney Plus and beyond. Hello there. And now, Waiting for Obi, with your hosts, Jason and Kim. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Waiting for Obi. Da-da-da! Hello! That was, that was a lot more dramatic than my subtle intro. I felt that it needed to sound Boba Fetish, and I like our theme song. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're back to discuss episode two, The Tribes of Tatooine. We're a bit late on this one, but uh, between me working overnight Life. and Kim dying. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. We're, no uh, COVID, just falling apart. Just my body's literally falling apart, so it's fine. But, uh, but we're back. Who and needs we're gonna- limbs? catch up on episode two here and uh release episode three very shortly after this one as well yep. um so we we apologize if uh we, we're hoping even though we've seen episode three that we pretend like we have it that's what we're gonna do it's okay i have a short memory it's fine <laughs> um but before we jump into uh our discussion of episode two we actually have a letter oh that's fantastic we have a letter to waiting for obi uh of course, I make fun of the fact that I never checked the email. So when I was told to check the email, I've got this email to us from some time ago. Well, and maybe I feel, we should check it slightly more often. I maybe this foolish. will encourage others that we do. We will read these and appreciate them. That's so right. send them our way. Um, but from uh, a, a friend of ours, David Motters, uh, Jason Kim, I enjoyed your coverage of Visions, and I wanted to send an email because it is nice to get some emails that let you both know people are listening and enjoying your approach to Visions. Oh, that is Aww, nice. Thanks. I feel loved. Um, also, I wanted you both to know that I talked about your podcast on our podcast, Star Wars Reactions. Wait a minute. This is a, this is a plug for his show in a, in a letter to us. I'm okay with that. <laughs> plug away. Um. He talked about Jason's catch that the droid in the twins is B2ON, one letter or number all from C3PO. Very good catch. Well, thank you very much. I came up with that myself. Jason is the smart one. I don't know about that. Okay, that is all for now. May the force be with both of you and your podcast. David Motter's co-host of Star Wars Reactions. Thanks, David. May the force also be with you. Okay, that's all. That's really cool. That's all I have. That makes that makes my day. Um, I don't think there's anything terribly crazy about Star Wars going on these days, so I think we could probably jump into uh, um, this episode. Yeah, there's some. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we're good. Yeah, they're still hinting. I keep seeing more hints about Han Solo going to be in a in a live action something, mm. but I just I keep seeing it, but nothing official has been made. Been made, so all we can do is speculate. And I hope that they're gonna they're gonna clearly de age him, whatever they're doing. So. Let's hope it looks better than the last one. <laughs> there you go. Maybe, the, maybe you can get the guys from uh, Quarter Crew to help out. <laughs> I think that's they're just uh, they're just trying to get themselves some work. 
<laughs> so our our Luke is better than your Luke. Oh, that's fine. Oh, so by the way, uh, this is the the time in the episode where I tell you that we're going to talk about an episode that if you haven't watched, um, what are you doing? What do you just like hearing us talk? That's cool. It's really cool if that's what you like. Otherwise, we're going to spoil a whole bunch of stuff that happens in this episode and probably some other things within the Star Realms realm. Realm? Realm. So consider <laughs> yourself. Consider yourself. Spoiler warning alert. That, was, that didn't come off in proper English, but this is your spoiler warning alert. 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 And of course, we always love to discuss narrative context here. So as often as we can, we're going to bring in uh, other elements of uh, Star Wars canon uh, as we discuss things that have happened or happened in this episode. And this episode's full of quite a bit. But just to make sure yeah. in case you uh, you missed our first episode and coverage of the Book of Vet, um, this, the, the main storyline of this show takes place um, just after the events of Mandalorian Season 2. This is approximately five years after the Return of the Jedi. Um, and the... Flashback sequences uh, take place right after the destruction of Jabba's sail barge, which is either concurrent or just after uh, Return of the Jedi. So that gives you give you a, a timeline sense of kind of what's going on and who we may see and who we may not see uh, and what kind of crossovers in terms of appearances uh, we can expect or not. Yeah, that's still really left to be seen, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Still There's still wide. a lot that could happen. Actually, I saw an interesting. It could be in a flashback, or mm-hmm. it could be it could be anywhere in this timeline. Yeah, and I saw an interesting uh, theory about epis that came after episode three that I may uh, kvitch about later. Ooh, you uh, have the best words. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if I use them correctly, but you know. <laughs> yeah, well, it sounded good. I believe you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so we're going to start talking about Boa Fett chapter two: The Tribes of Tatooine. Um, and this one is actually primarily a flashback, although the good first, I guess, 15, 20 minutes of the episode uh, does slightly further our primary storyline along in the quote-unquote present time. Yeah, I'm glad that they do it enough that you can tell what is what. Like, mm-hmm. So, for instance, uh, Spoiler the Witcher does uh, bounces around a lot in its very first season, and it's hard to tell what happens in what timeline. And I'm thankful that this sort of kind of gives you a clue because he's always in the Bacta tank. Mm-hmm. And you know, oh, here comes a flashback. I wonder how long we're going to... At some point, they got to bring these two things together or I feel like we're all going to go, oh, good, another flashback. You yeah. know what I mean? There's like, got to be a relation I, between the two. I, I think, you know, for better or worse, they do approach... They, they do this with Marvel, too. They approach Star Wars on Disney Plus as, at least the live action ones, as a giant movie. For sure. Mm. That's not always the case. At least with the Book of Boba Fett, they're doing it. It's very much like, here's the big narrative arc, uh, and we were going to tell it over six episodes. And sometimes, yeah. something they drop in episode one doesn't become relevant until, you know, much later on. Um, I think we're seeing more of that as the series goes on, but, you know, right mm-hmm. now, with, that, with chapter happy, two, it's like, meh. I'm happy to get the backstory. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, that's something I think we're all really interested in, but at some point, it's like, well, we're not moving the the present day story along very much yeah. from episode to episode. Uh, I'm, I'm speaking with two under, you know what I mean? But I'm still going, we're not moving real far. Like, I feel like he's, we got a couple days under our belt in real time and we've covered a lot of background. Yeah. I don't know. I'm okay with it. I just think it could start to get blinged. 
Um, so episode two started, uh, kind of where episode one left off. They, the, mm-hmm. this assassin that, um, Phoenix had captured, uh, they are interrogating him, trying to find out who was sent him to kill Boba Fett, because that is of utmost importance. Um, Absolutely. As Fett tries to, cons- tries to figure out, I mean, I, I don't know if this is naive or if this is just like how things happen in the outer rim, but it's almost like Boba Fett killed Bib Fortuna, took the mantle of the throne, and kind of expected to be in charge. And now he's realizing I'm I'm not... I'm trying to figure out... Yeah, I think he really has no idea what he's doing. (laughs) Uh, uh, And somebody who is fish out of water. So Mm -hmm. he thinks, well, I could just... um, Deep down, he's not a... He's not a crime boss. That's not... You're not seeing like he he knows how to broker deals. That's what you're starting to see with his his work with the Tuscans, and he can build relationships. He's not a crime boss, right? And so he's absolutely a fish out of water. I think that he's just trying to be like I. Can. It's one of those things. It's like where you see something on Pinterest and you go, I can do that, and then you can't because you failed at it. <laughs> I don't know that he's going to fail, well, but he, there's going to have to be some growth or some change with him. Yeah. Because he's not going to be a crime boss. It's I mean, just not in his nature. Canonically, all his bounty huntering stuff prior to episode six is all very business oriented, and that's, a, that's mm-hmm. true. I think very true of a lot of the bounty hunters. It, it's kind of a it's a profession that makes it's it seem business. like they're all just evil, but it's all just there's a lot of money involved in it, and they're it's adventurous and exciting. So, and he's you know good at it, and bre- almost bred for yeah. it in a way. Yeah. So we do find that this uh, assassin is from the Order of the Nightwind, or also just Nightwind. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it that's, is at least an order of assassins. Yeah, and that's, uh, as far as I can tell, new uh, yeah. for Star Wars right now. That's not something we've heard of before. Um, it is kind of funny that this assassin's just like sitting there, like not going to talk and expected to just get his head chopped off. And Oh, yeah, he's he's totally one of those guys like, I'm going to, like, you'll have to kill me first. You know, that's the impression that you're getting. Yeah. And then... And and then and Phoenix threatens him with the rancor, drops him down to the pit. Where enjoyed that a lot. I wait. She's slick, man. Like she really thinks outside the box sometimes of uh, ways to get people to do what she wants. Yeah, it's almost like they're going to spend the brains. They're spending well. They're also spending a ton of time on Boba Fett's character and his development, and it's very. It's it's going through a lot right now, from the flashbacks to what's happening right now and how he's adjusting to all this. That having mm-hmm. Phoenix like personality and and approach being so not changing, Rough. like she's not she's not getting developed, and I think that provides a good anchor for mm. him, as, almost as a contrast to see his his growth and development as she's just like she'll do anything for him because he saved her life essentially. Yeah, uh, and and. You know, she's a little rough around the edges. Uh, I like not it about in her. Necessarily a bad way. Yeah, I like it about her. Yeah. But yeah, I love this. So then he, big scaredy cat assassin, suddenly goes, "Oh dear, no! Oh dear, no! That rancor is going to eat me!" And immediately spills his guts. And there's no rancor in the cage. Which I was kind of getting excited because I thought maybe the rancor Ooh. that from um, the Bad Batch was going to yeah, show up. Yeah, because we didn't know either, right? Like yeah. we didn't know if the rancor. Oh, that's true. I didn't think I. That is a good connection. The rancor that that the Bad Batch saved, but that was a nice it, that there was just a little mouse in there, and that was it. <laughs> well, 
That was a good scene. It was. And of course they take him uh they take him for his word that the mayor is the one who sent him. So what do they do? It's oh. I I I do enjoy these scenes with Boba going to the mayor and what's his face just being like, whoa, whoa, you know, he's all business. You gotta have an appointment and you gotta do all this and they just and they just whatever like i i enjoy because it's happened a couple times now and i don't know what it is about it i like them just going we don't care about the bureaucracy of this we're just gonna go in because we know he's in there yeah and is this this is the first time we've seen the mayor yes so uh fun fact the mayor is voiced by robert rodriguez and he's like producing the thing isn't he or at least one of the mm-hmm. one and he's of the direct uh, yeah he's got some directing credits too i think nice. for this season yeah you know this is completely off track on what we're currently discussing but it's something i'm wrestling with with these disney plus shows okay is especially with this one because um tomorrow morrison as Boba Fett is very much an anchor in Star Wars. Like it's a face we're familiar with. Oh, yeah. It's something we've seen, especially with his work as Django. Um, I mean, really, that's that's where we know him from. We know him from Django. Sure. We know his character yeah. has a big legacy. And kind of putting him in this filmmaking context with like non-Star Wars actors. Mm-hmm. Now they look Star Wars and they're being Star Warsy and they're, you know, they're they're doing what they do, but for some there's something I don't know. It's not a disconnect. It's just, it's different. It's different than the we're used to seeing, because I think Star Wars typically is a bunch of no-name people. Yeah, and it's their, often. their characters, their characters. I mean, they're not no-name now. I right, mean, right. But, but at the time, yeah. Their characters are more than the person. Yes. And Yeah, because then it's hard to, it's hard to see the character through the person if it's somebody that you recognize. Right. I struggle with that in Visions. Because it was voices that I recognized. So I couldn't embrace a character because all I can picture is that person's face. Now, I struggle and with that a lot in Visions. They're also allowing these characters. They're also allowing us to see characters that we would not have encountered in a mm-hmm. big picture, save the galaxy type style. I mean, this like mayor's, you know, major domo is not a character we would have. Yeah. I don't know. I just. <laughs> I feel like now is the time. If you're a friend of a friend, you could totally get a cameo in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It's interesting. I don't know. I don't, and maybe I don't... it is like it's. Uh, and for all we know, these people are big Star Wars fans. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, some of the ones that we've seen, and so it's it may be a highlight for them. But you're right. It's 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 a different change now. Star Wars doesn't need a big name, you know, other than the the OG three. Yeah. Or, you know, OG crew. I guess I should say. Uh, they don't need a big name to draw somebody to watch. To make me as a Star Wars fan watch something of theirs. Yeah. I guess, I don't know, these, hmm. It's just really interesting because these IPs tend to. It might get worse. I'm just warning you now. <laughs> I know. These IPs tend to make people famous because yeah. the IP is famous. And then, I mean, you look at Harry Potter, you look at a lot mm-hmm. of the Marvel stuff. I mean, a lot of those Marvel superheroes were famous. I mean, it's probably about half and half at this point. But mm-hmm. some of their fame has been propelled because the superheroes are playing. For uh, sure. I mean, That's Tom an Holland's an excellent though. example, you know? Mm, who, yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's just really interesting. I mean, I, to point. this day, I, I watched The Force Awakens, and I know that scene that Daniel Craig is in. 
Oh yeah. 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 And every time it happens, I'm like, that's totally Daniel Craig. It's, and if you hadn't told me that, I mean, if somebody hadn't have told me that I wouldn't have known. And maybe that's, uh, the same thing with Simon, uh, Shaun of the dead, Simon. What is his last name? I can't think of it. Uh, but he was, um, Uncar. You would have known that. Oh yeah. Simon Pegg. Peg, thank you. Yeah, oh, it just escaped my brain completely, and I'm a fan. Why of I know that, I, I I don't know. I'm not usually good at that stuff, but here we are. So it's like they could have done that and not told anybody, but mm-hmm. now they're being a little louder about it. Because a lot of times those cameos were covered. Yeah, Daniel Craig was a stormtrooper. You wouldn't know it if somebody didn't tell you. Yeah, I could be a storm. No, I'm I'm a little short to be a stormtrooper. Luke made it work. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, so they visit the mayor. Um, who is an Ithorian? Uh, we've seen Ithorians before uh, in mm-hmm. live action. The probably the most famous appearance of an Ithorian is in the cantina scene in A New Hope. Uh, he used to be known as a hammerhead. It was that's how he was marketed on original Kenner oh, toys. Yeah. Um, we have never we've seen Ithorians in cartoons a lot. Um, mm-hmm. There was a rebel. There was a bartender, I believe, in Star Wars Rebels that was an Ithorian. I think so. Uh, yeah. We've seen and we've seen him in other places and they've spoken before but this is the first time we've ever seen a live action one speak and i really love the way they did it with actually hearing the ithorian language and then the universal translator or not universal that's a star wars star trek term i'm sorry his little oh. translator i know on you know that you drops over his head fandom sneak right in there I yeah did, um speak for him and that was i just i liked i semantically i like the way that was approached because yeah that was cool um you know, an Ithorian is not a race we've seen a lot of. Um, Disney used an Ithorian over at Doc Ondar's. This is their merchandise shop at Galaxy's Edge. Right. Yep. So there's a lot. Of, they, they kind of, I think they're building this lore around this race of people we haven't seen a lot of. And I really, I like what they're doing. Yeah, it's cool when they can take, uh, uh, there's so much in the universe we really haven't seen or we know of. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <clears throat> so it to your point they can they can take these races of characters and really build around that a lot more than than we've ever known before which is pretty cool yeah um but i think to your point this is a good tete-a-tete between uh boba and uh the mayor as they kind of trade cryptic oh this was was so cryptic yeah it really was like well and even you know fed asked the mayor if he's admitting like the mayor goes knows who this guy where that guy is from Mm mm-hmm and so but I was like, all right, well, then you're saying that you sent him. And so then they just shoot the guy. <laughs> yeah. Got, got no proof now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And really that it was quite a um, it was quite a dance between the two of them. I felt like it was. And I thought that scene was portrayed really well. Yeah. And, and because I think the, still we don't recognizing each other. Yeah. And we don't leave. We don't leave the scene really knowing. Right what's going on because you kind of it's fat thinks i'm going to find out the mayor is in charge of everything the mayor maybe he is maybe he isn't me yeah you know, someone pulling yeah. his strings we don't know mm-hmm. yeah um, it was a good dance and there's a lot of i mean this kind of harkens back to the prequels and the kind of the you know strings that palpatine pulled on all, all the sides yes. we're seeing a lot of that kind of manipulation and backs and double backing in this series um and to see uh he's who's in charge we don't know uh at this point boba is trying to retain his area he's trying to retain kind of control over moss espa uh he sees mm-hmm. the mayor is in his way and then the mayor 
claims that he's not, pretends to be in his service, but then, you know, he's like, well, who's in service of who at this point? And then the mayor gives him a tip that says, hey, go, go back to that cantina. Cause there's other things that are going on. There's always, don't know there's what's always bad. There's always dark things happening in the cantina. Yeah. And that's, I mean, honestly, Boba, if you knew anything, you should have known that that's the place to hang out to get all the dirt on what's really going on. Right. Just saying. I was kind of hoping that when we went to the cantina that the, the lady who was in charge was like the, the big bad, but she just had the <sighs> information that the twins had laid claim to, uh, Bib Fortuna's. Java's old area, whatever. Yeah. And we we're like, all oh, the twins. God, I hope it's not a Star Wars Visions reference, because that'd be awful. <laughs> I actually had a very similar thought. And it wasn't right about then you start hearing their, their the drums beating. Right. Because, of course, they have a procession. Yes. The entourage. That, very grandiose. Yeah. Everybody, every time Boba comes somewhere, they're like, oh, we didn't see your litter arrive. <laughs> I mean, is it? I feel like the drums are made to sound like what it would sound like if Huts could actually walk. Huh. If Huts had feet, they're ginormous. I feel bad for all those folks uh, there, the, those that have to parade them around. Right. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, like, there's a like four or five different alien species represented in the in the people who are carrying the huts, and I think that's, oh, that's awesome. Cool. I actually thought. Uh, I th- funny enough that I was paying attention to this. What I was, I truly thought that the actors, because obviously the the twins are CGI. I mean, we know that. But I thought the people acting and carrying them were doing it in a way that made me believe they were sh- carrying something really heavy, and it wasn't easy. So I kudos to them because they totally made that they. I feel like that would be hard to portray as an act. Like, you know, it's, you're just carrying, I, and maybe the thing they were carrying wasn't was weighted. I would, I would not be surprised if there was some sort of visual visual to make sure that um, the actors were looking in the right direction for the CG characters, but also, but you know, something for the weight. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so the twins arrive at the, uh, the cantina. The twins are Jabba's cousins. Apparently we didn't know he had, but you know, Apparently, huts have lots of family members. I feel like that's fitting for a crime family. Yes. No, totally. <laughs> I just feel like it's super fitting for the type of whatever. Yeah, so these twins uh, get carted up. <laughs> uh, they yeah, lay claim. I, I know no better way to call, to say it. Yeah. And it is, um, what was their, I'm trying to think what their name, I, why did I forget what their name, or do we know what their names are? No, they've never said their names. Okay, all right. That's why you don't well, know. I was. I was like, you know, now that I think about it, I don't know what their names were. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So really, I mean, they're just exchanging threats because Boba says, this is my area. This is my, you know, yeah, territory now. Sort of. And why the Huts want to lay claim. I mean, it's kind of interesting to think that, you know, Tatooine, like, what? why? Well, and why why well, the dust ball, yeah. you know? Well, and I guess they didn't come when Bib was there. So why now? Because mm-hmm. I'm That's guessing, because it point. sounds like Bib was pretty much like. I sit here, but I'm not really in charge of anything. I'm just sending. Maybe he was sending money back home mm. to the to the huts. Mm. Maybe. You know, it's interesting that, but they lay claim to Jabba's area, and they have this like, you know, seemingly legal document. Yeah, I was like, okay. Um, but I guess the kind of the the nerdy moments of this whole scene, uh, for those who are seeped in current Star Wars canon, uh, is the appearance of the. 
Yeah. Boba Fett called him a gladiator, but the approach of the giant black Wookiee. Yeah. Um, uh, and this Wookiee is actually has a huge backstory uh, in the comics. Um, he was actually introduced in, I, I want to say Darth Vader number one, um, has been a partner with Dr. Afra for looked, many, many issues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I looked this up the other day, but now I, I don't have my notes on it. Um, um, because even not knowing Star Wars canon to the to the links that you do, I felt like they made a good job of giving him just enough screen time to be like, he matters. Yeah. There's something more to him that if you like, and so that's what made me go look him up immediately. Yeah. Um, so at this point, uh, anybody who's familiar with the the extended lore knows this character as Black Chrysanthemum. Uh, as the name of this Wookiee. Um, there's actually some history between him and Boba. They've done jobs together. They've worked together. They've worked against each other. Um, yeah. Which, you know, they... Clearly, the relationship has never been close, so I think can kind of played off on, on Disney+, Plus for those who don't know their relationship, to, to it not matter. Like, the fact that they have had dealings or interactions in the past doesn't matter in the way that uh, they're being played off in this show. I think it's... It's nice that they can do that, and that they had the opportunity to bring this character to the, to the screen because uh, he's a very interesting one. Uh, yeah, with the, I mean, really, pretty he much, he's scary. like a point, you know, point me in one direction and let me, you know, kill something kind of character. Uh huh. Yeah, but it, it, they, I, I still felt like you just there was something. You're like, there's something. They, there's more here to this character. Yeah. Just the they they held his stare just a little bit longer in the scene. And yeah, so that's why I was like, okay, wait, who is this guy? Jason will know, but I'm going to look it up so I can impress him. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then I had something I was going to send you, and then you hadn't watched the episode yet, so I didn't send it to you because ah, I'm going to spoil it. There you go. Um, so that that concludes this episode's progress of the current present timeline. Uh, then Boba, we go into the a tank. rather extensive uh, progression of his backstory. Uh, as he goes back to living with the sand people, this he's finally, you know, he's he's finally earned their trust. He's no longer in captivity with right. them, uh, kind of living among them. But he's still wearing his like full white jumpsuit, uh, and you know, which I'm sure is great in the Tatooine suns. Right. Well, if, at least if it's light colored, you would think it would reflect the sun. Right. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's kind of holy. Yeah. So. I guess this whole segment is is centered around this the scene train. Was, this scene felt very similar. Like I, f- yeah, that's right. There is that train. Um, so I'm jumping ahead. I'll let you finish your thought. Sorry, that's all good. Um, yeah. So this this train that's you know barreling through the Dune Seas, um, which is pretty cool looking. Yeah, mind you, we've never seen. I don't feel like we've seen something like that before. And we haven't, especially on Tatooine, because Tatooine is not really known for the most. Um put together of technology. I mean, even the pod races were, were kind of jumbled together. Well, I mean, once we get inside later on in this, in this scene with the train, you do get to kind of see the engine and it is definitely not like what I would call high tech by any means. It's a lot of gears and pulleys and turning knobs and things like that. Um, This train's barreling through the dune sea and it's just like taking out the Tuscans one by one trying to, uh, you know, for, for whatever reason. Um, And this is, I think, Boba clearly cares about the Tuskens at this point, and when he saw the 
the speeder bikes of the Raiders kind of go past. He's like, hey, I've got I've got a way to get rid of this train to save the to save my tribe, my people. Um, and that really becomes the whole focus of this particular uh, backstory. Yeah. I don't know what you were com- were you commenting on the on the, on the next scene. No, I guess like it's more so it's once he's brought into the tribe. Got it. So I was thinking that's like the end of the episode. Ahead. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that that whole scene stuck with me a bit. So it it's it's really cool. No, I mean I I like I like what they did um, with the train, um, and then this this idea this plan that Boba has hatched. Um, yeah, you know, they let they're they're at a point where they trust him to let him go. Yeah, he's just like I'm gonna get rid of the train. <laughs> Thumbs up. So he heads over to the the local watering hole where he. Uh, Wait, he travels to Tashi Station. That's what I just got. To, that's why I got rolled. I was looking at some of the notes. He goes to Tashi. Station. So it is Tashi Station where where Luke yeah. wants to pick up some power converters. I was like oh, that Tashi Station because I didn't realize that in the episode at all that that's where he went. I just thought he went to a place where by you know it was just some mm. watering hole like that's what i thought tossy station pick up some power converters i know um well that's really cool when you think about uh kind of this whole scene here um because we have the we have two two lovely humans sitting in the corner who we do come to find out uh they don't i don't remember if they actually call each other by name in the show um, uh, I don't think so. Um, but, if Wikipedia says, oh, I'll let you go ahead. Oh, you're. F- <laughs> you were so excited about this. I don't want to take it from you. Oh, well, yes. So these these two individuals were um, they're actually Cammy and Fixer. Uh, these are two characters that um, are good friends of Luke's. So, uh, you know, when Luke's uncle says, you know, you can go hang out with your friends later. These are the friends that Luke's talking about. Um, and if you've done any sort of looking into like deleted scenes or you know, unreleased scenes from A New Hope, uh, there is this scene um, where Luke is in Tashi Station with Cammy and Fixer and, you know, three other friends of theirs. And it's fully filmed and actually mostly produced at this point. You can mm-hmm. um, easily get those uh, on deleted. There, there's some deleted scenes out there. Maybe even with Disney Plus, I haven't looked. It's been a while since I've seen them. I haven't looked, yeah. Um, that scene's actually the first time not related to this episode, but it's the first time we see Luke and Biggs on screen together. Biggs is dressed up like Lando with a cape. And so it kind of, it kind of ties in his, his reunion with Biggs at the end of the movie together. And it's kind of a bummer. They, this scene never, I think from a pacing standpoint, it just was too slow for the, for the final film. I see that. I could, I would love to see a cut where they kind of reintegrate it. So that was a, that was a, that was an exciting find. Like I didn't realize that that's where they were. And who that was. Yeah. Hanging out. Hanging out at Tosh Station. Having a drink. Hanging out with the biker dudes. With the biker dudes who, uh, you know, they make Nipto lovely miners company. is what they are. Nikto? Nikto? Yeah, I don't know. I know it was the miners that were trying to take over Tatooine at the time. Yeah. Didn't make any friends. Of course, Bobo uh, walks in and makes pretty good uh, pretty good work of the whole, the whole bar and them and it was pretty cool to see Boba back to, because this was similar to that fight we saw in Mandalorian, right? Mm, Where he yeah. just comes in and just owns the place. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, he's still rocking it. <laughs> <laughs> he's still, you know, quite, well, I mean, they've been teaching him how to fight, right? The Tuscans really have been, not not that I think he 
he had maybe he wasn't as good at that kind of combat without his suit, his super mm. suit. Uh, Tuskins, have you seen my super suit? Anyway, um, but I think like I honestly think that hand to hand combat stuff that he's been picking up and his that stuff really kind of aided him in this. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and we kind of find out the whole purpose. I mean, he's not happy with these people because he saw these are the same guys that he saw um, just raid that homestead in the previous episode. Right. So it kind of this is all kind of coming together as to why seeing that homestead was important for him and kind of his development as we go through uh, these particular individuals, these miners. I, I thought he was going to I honestly just thought he was going to go there and knock them out and that or, you know, dispatch of them. Yeah. That's what I thought the plan was. And then he steals their speeder bikes. Uh, which, I mean, ultimately, it's seemingly is the, the ultimate plan. He needed those speeder bikes yeah. for his plan for the train. I had not put two and two together. I just thought he was going to go kick their butt yeah. and be done with it. <laughs> um, no, it was cool. The, I mean, the speeder bike, the whole, like, him teaching the Tuscans how to ride speeder bikes. I which loved was those great. scenes. Uh, I loved the scenes of them. It was just uh, everything you would think it would be for someone trying to learn how to do that and having no clue. You know, it was it was great. It had a lot of um, it had a lot of episode one vibes to it because when you think about the kids yeah. on the pod racers and and uh, I don't know, there, there's just there's something prequely vibe about the whole thing. I think probably because on Tatooine it had some younger children in it, which we you know only really saw in that film. Um, right, but I liked it. It felt I mean Proudly it felt very Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. I I I thoroughly enjoyed. I could watch that scene multiple times. Yeah. You're really rooting for that guy to make the jump. Uh, so he's teaching them how to jump yeah. from one speeder to another. You're really rooting for that that Tuscan to make it. Yeah. By the end of it, I like that a lot. And I think the fact that John Favreau is so tied closely tied to the production of these live action Star Wars Disney mm-hmm. Plus things and he's got that Marvel experience and how Marvel's been able to incorporate humor into what is otherwise a very serious yes. style of movie um yep. is really it's what Star Wars has lost since you know not really lost I mean uh Filoni's been good with really good with with animation Oh but, yeah, but I the think anime, we, the live action stuff has struggled with it. Yeah, we lost a bit of the the humor and charm that came with Star Wars and the sequel trilogy. I think that it yeah Star Wars took itself too seriously, and I think that's yep. And Marvel clearly knows that you don't. I mean, look that's at Guardians why of the Galaxy. Better than DC. DC hasn't figured it out either, in my opinion. And we have an email box contact at waiting for Obi dot com if you'd like to share your opinions <laughs> on this matter. I also agree with Kim. So, oh no, I well, well. um, DC's got such good IPs, and they just can't. Anyway, moving on. That's a whole other. That's a whole other podcast. uh, Yeah. So, train the Tuscans to go take over the hover train, which was really kind of a cool scene, and it really was. Like it was very well choreographed. The fighting was really good and felt authentic to what it would be. I'm not going to lie. There was some back to the future three vibes for me on this one a lot. Yeah. Because there's a train in that one. I don't know why, like it's certainly not the same thing, but it just had that feeling. The main guy that was, that was, has been teaching Boba how to fight him eventually getting on the train and just diving into windows and, and uh, guard pipe gunners just disappearing was fantastic. Yeah. 
and he just popped his little head up out of one of the canopy things. Like, I don't know what it was, but that totally made that scene. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was good. I think the, the droid pilot was also a good... The droid pilot was fantastic. It was a good... Um, I yeah. love how he just, just yeeted himself out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I find it so funny that's, I mean, it's a most sci-fi, that's not, I can't say most sci-fi, because I, I don't have a whole lot of sci-fi experience. Star Trek and Star Wars, right? But when You're you right, think about... Too. Firefly. Uh, oh, yes. So good. When you think about, for lack of a better term, robots, like the fact that we have these robots who have feelings and opinions and want to, you know, in, in this case, would rather save his life than yeah. worry about I his train. I don't about this train. Uh, I just uh, think it's great. I know, I know no better word to describe what he did other than he yeet out the window. <laughs> I don't know. It's, and then spider crawls away. It yeah. was that whole. I I really did enjoy this episode as a whole. If you can't tell, it just had some really good scenes in it. Yeah. Um, and this is when again Boba starts to realize that maybe he's a good leader after all. Uh, yeah. And he kind of takes command on talking to their. At this point, they're prisoners of them from stealing the train, yeah. and the the people who are on the train are from the Pike Syndicate, and they are at this point smuggling spice, which is the Star Wars version of drugs, as far as you know from the context we've been given. Well, Illegal no. substance is yeah. Of so sorts. Many call- Do you have any of this on your ship? I don't know what you're talking about. That <laughs> <laughs> that thing, um, but the Pikes. That's and talking about narrative context, uh, the Pikes have shown up in a lot of animated episodes in the past, especially the Clone Wars, um, mm-hmm. a little bit in Rebels. There is, if you, once you start diving deep into like Star Wars storytelling, um, and if you saw the film Solo, uh, you know, Kim's yeah, favorite I, movie, that um, really illuminates a lot <laughs> of what's going, there's, there's these crime syndicates that are basically controlling the outer portions of the galaxy. Um, Solo uh, featured Crimson Dawn as one of the crime syndicates. The Pikes is another one. We're going to see them. The the Huts is a we're going to see. Yeah, the Huts is a third one. Uh, The Black Sun, and there's another one. I can't remember which the other one was. Wasn't there a couple that we just don't know about? Right. Um, I don't know. I think we we don't know all the families. Yeah, maybe or whatever they want to call them. Um. I know there was a there's a list of them. There's like five or six, and we've seen a lot of a couple of them. Uh, Darth Maul is actually in charge, or at least at the time was in charge of one of them. Now he's at this point, spoiler alert, dead officially. Uh, so we won't be seeing Darth Maul make oh, a cameo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Obi Wan Obi Wan killed him in Rebels. Yep, I didn't think about that timeline. Um, spoiler. However, uh, it is very possible if we get really deep into the crime family that. Um, there were rumors of Kira, um, Kira showing up. Uh, that was her. That um, was her. What's the actress who plays her? Oh, Amelia Clark. Yeah, that she had signed up for something on Disney Plus with Star Wars and to reprise this role. This would be a great time for her to show up. Maybe in Episode Six as a kind of a big bad cameo at the end would be lovely. They've teased that she could have a series on Disney Plus too. I would love that for her. I would watch that. Yeah. Nice. I mean, the whole like crime syndicate side of Star Wars is definitely like something I think people want to see because oh, bounty yeah, you hunters have so TV much. On that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There's so it's so part of part of what Star Wars is what people want to see. They want to see mm-hmm. Jedi's and they want to see 
bounty hunters. They don't want to see like everyday life on Coruscant, you know? Nah. <laughs> That's boring. Uh, Move along. But anyway, so they, ca- they capture these pikes, uh, uh, and Boba Fett's trying to kind of broker a deal where the Sand People are in charge of the Dune Sea and that they do not, you know, he's trying to negotiate safe passage for future trains and yeah. they just need to, he, he lets them walk away because I guess yeah. their head's not too far. But yeah, they send them some, they give them a couple little, uh, those melons of water and say, hike it, hike it, hike it. And they go. And uh, and this is really what cements Boba Fett's position in the, the Tuscan tribe, right? The, he, yep. This is where he goes through this ritual where he's kind of clothed in their garb. He's he's allowed to make his own personal gaffy stick. Um, yeah. Which in, well, in, in the final... Well, that's the thing. Like, so that's how he goes on this. This felt like stuff that we've seen about stories from indigenous people and their kind of beliefs where they, they send you on a journey to mm. find something. But for the Tuscans... It's a lizard up your nose. Oh, yes. And it was, oh my gosh, that scene, like, I know they didn't really put a, a lizard up his nose, but by golly, I believe that they did. Like, it, like, I, it, <laughs> the whole time watching it. And he totally goes, that, that little lizard's running crazy in his brain, and he goes on a journey and brings back the stick that he's going to turn into his own gaffy stick. And I yeah. thought that was... A really cool look into their culture that we otherwise would never have seen. Mm-hmm. And then when he comes back, the lizard just hops back out and I guess goes back and lives in his basket. I don't know. But... Well, the, and they spent a lot of time in the last episode <laughs> and this episode humanizing Tuscans. Yes. Because we've spent yes. most of the Tatooine scenes in the films uh, making them savage and villainizing them. Well, and he even said, like, a lot of the other tribes su- survived by killing almost sort of explaining those actions that we've seen in the movies right mm. and instead fett mentions that they shouldn't have to hide because they're warriors he did a lot like he really uh spoke highly of them in that meeting with them anyway and i think that's the other reason that they respect him so much there's there's certainly a level of respect on both sides for yeah. tuscan people and for boba it was cool getting him to watch his to make his gaffy stick and I saw another article outside of the realm that said that design was supposed to be um, reminiscent or at least a tribute to indigenous people of New Zealand, where um, Tamora, Tamora, thank you, is from. That's awesome. I like I like when they tie those real life things I thought into that the show. Was really cool. Yeah. And so I'd have to find it again, but it was a, I mean it was a very similar build. Uh, whatever I saw showed showed a photo of, of course, what Boba built and then what uh, one of those would have looked like. Yeah, if you can find that, maybe you should post it to the Facebook page. Yeah, I'll I'll see if I can't look for it again. I I no, I didn't copy and paste it. I need to start putting these in a send to Jason after he's watched the episode. <laughs> yeah, you tend to watch them about three hours before I do. I, yeah, so I tend to see it, and then I was like, oh, I should tell him about that, and then I remembered it for the show, but I don't. I'll have to hunt down the article again. It was really interesting. That's cool. And I think such a really cool nod, and I really appreciate that. Yeah. And just the choreography of the end of this, sh- this episode with Boba and all the Tuscans kind of doing this ritualistic oh, dance. yes. I really like that, too. I mean, there is, there is definitely an indigenous people feel to this. There's, like, a Native American feel to it. There's, like, they've really borrowed from a lot of the kind of cultures who live off the land and who are, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and but also very deeply spiritual cultures. Mm-hmm. 
So, I don't know. This, I mean, there was so much in this episode. I mean, clearly it was still a big setup. Yeah. We're still setting things up. I mean, we still don't know at this point what's the purpose of the backstory aside from just backstory. I think there's going to be a connection. Again, my only concern is at some point there it's, I feel that general viewers are going to grow tired of, oh, here we go. Another flashback. That's the only until they're, until they're connected. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I don't hate it by any means. I really like the, the depth of story that we're getting from it, but it's, there's so little happening right now, moving the present story forward that it's, it just feels like it's rinse and repeat and it's rinse and repeat in each episode either give me one whole episode this backstory or you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. just mix it up a little bit because right now you're not it's the same tempo and that's i feel like that needs to change to keep people on board with this show fair enough i'm gonna keep watching but well other people yeah otherwise we stop doing a podcast or i find a new co-host which (gasps) no (laughs) i couldn't do that um yeah, you know, as far as questions, when this is over, I, I mean, it really, it's just a matter of what's next. Yeah, I don't think I don't have a ton of specific questions Mm-mm. this time. So I think uh, we. He looks. The thing I noticed in this episode, in present time, is he looked a little more healed. Mm-hmm. If that makes it like, I feel like a, a, and maybe I'm mixing up the flashbacks and whatever, but I feel like. There was one that it was present day that he still looked pretty rough, like with burns and stuff. Yeah. And I'm not seeing that. Well, that as much. That's interesting. If that is true, then are these flashbacks leading up to something that's maybe not so in the? Hmm. Nothing know. happened to him in the Mandalorian to get him seriously injured, did it? I don't think. I don't so. think so. I don't think so. Because I'm wondering if, like, is he? Because he's initially still going to get a ship at some point, though. We haven't. That hasn't happened initially he was in this back to tank and I thought he's like, this is like a chronic thing that he's dealing with. Yeah. Kind I of like so how Vader's always often depicted in the comics. Vader's often picked it in a back to tank. Um, yeah. Kind of to heal between, you know, when he's not in this suit. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know if this is, is it not a chronic thing? He's just recovering from a fairly recent problem. Yeah, I don't know. That was just, uh, it was just a small little detail that I happened to notice. And yeah. I noticed it more, I'll be honest, I noticed it more in episode three. Mm, fair point. I think I did as well. And speaking of, uh, speaking of that, uh, we should you might just, as well listen to that episode next. That, yeah, because it'll probably be out. <laughs> um, but we hope that uh, we find out more. We're excited about finding out more. And uh, yep. If you have any thoughts on this episode you'd like to share, feel free to drop us an email at contact at waitingforobi.com, which I will check more frequently, I promise. Or find us on Facebook at Waiting for Obi, which uh, you will get Kim way faster than you'll get me, but both of us see it, and we'd love to hear from you, all of you who are listening. And Maple and I say come back next week for your thoughts and opinions on the next episode of Boba Fett. And for Maple's those who... the dog. Oh, yes. I, for context, Maple says <laughs> Kim's dog. <laughs> Maple's the dog. Uh, we will see you all again next time. Bye! You have been listening to Waiting for Obi, presented by The Chance Cube. Thank you for spending time with us today. We hope you join us again. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash waitingforobi. Until next time, may the Force be with you.
This program is a Rogue One, not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company.